when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Any idiot can say whatever they want, and they usually do, and they're negative. And all I see, to me, I've gotten to a point now when I see things like that, I feel sorry that those people feel that way, that their lives don't have the purpose, the passion, and the excitement and the enjoyment that some of us do. Our purpose is to win, make no mistake about it, but it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sunbelt, uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got up the point? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of it. It was like, like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down. And as my, as the head football coach at South Carolina, my job is to do what I feel is best for the University of South Carolina football program today and going forward in the future. And that's what I did. We wish him well and uh, have nothing but uh, 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 we, we wish him well. Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm flying solo on this one. Tried to get Cousin Shane on the line. If you've not been keeping up with his Twitter feed there, he's on vacation. He's with the family. Told me he was going to try to show up as much as he could on vacation. That man can't show up uh, during a work week. There's no way he's going to show up on vacation. So hopefully he'll be on the next one. I know we've got mounting mailbag questions. I really want to tackle those with Cousin Shane because you all... I know you're asking he and I both the, the questions, not just me. So hopefully we'll get to that. He says he'll be uh, on tomorrow. We'll see about that. For now, it's just nice to know that uh, I rank the bottom of Shane's family ranking list. Hell, I'm his family too, so <laughs> I kid, I kid. But uh, hey, I, I really, you know, I could have delayed another day for this show, but We've got some uh, some pretty big news here around the SEC, especially for the offseason. So really wanted to roll one out. Didn't want to go another day without getting you guys some SEC content. But before we get to the big news here, oh, Ben Cleveland, of course, of Georgia offensive lineman, now with the Baltimore Ravens selected in the third round of the latest NFL draft. That Baltimore media has finally found out the legend of the big country, Ben Cleveland, eating them squirrels. You know, it's, it's one of those things. I don't know if it was a specific diet. It's, it's more so one of those things where, you know, you eat what you got in the freezer uh, from the fall. So, you know, had a few had a few squirrels uh, freeze-dried in there. So, you know, get a little hungry. Ain't got no deer meat left. Fry up a squirrel or two and, uh, you know, just, just go eat that. All right. So, hey, you knew wherever Ben was going to wind up, they were going to be asking him about the squirrels he used to eat in high school. So, there you go. Sounds like the man, uh, whenever he doesn't have a deer laying around, he's still on them squirrels. He's making enough money, I don't think he's ever going to have to eat a squirrel the rest of his life. But I just thought you guys would appreciate that one. But big news here in the SEC dropped on Tuesday because ESPN announced the primetime games for Week 1 as well as uh, two other games involving SEC teams. So wanted to get to that. Let's kick it 
around the league. Now let's go now around, let's the go league. around the league. Uh, my, my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up, and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. We'll play anybody you can get to play us. In Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey guys, hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. All right, so I'm just going to do these uh, in order of kickoff times and the dates and all that. But uh, week one, man, we got some terrific games lined up for the debut weekend of the college football season. And we're going to start in the heart of SEC country in Atlanta because we got Alabama and Miami in the Chick-fil-A kickoff showdown Saturday, September 4th, 3.30 Eastern time on ABC uh, so Alabama getting another national time slot. No surprise there. Miami's a big name. They may not be that great, but you had to suspect Alabama reigning national champion is going to open on national television. And we got some opening lines after these came out. Courtesy of FanDuel, Alabama favored over Miami 17 and a half points. Good God. <laughs> All right, I said some really good games here. This is uh, one maybe not as competitive, but hell, I... You sign me up after eight months of not watching any football, I'll sit there and watch Alabama-Miami how many times you want to give it to me. So that should be a fun one. But the big one, Saturday night, right after Alabama-Miami, Georgia versus Clemson in the Mayo Classic from Charlotte, North Carolina, Saturday, September 4th, 7.30 Eastern Time on ABC. So the Georgia Clemson kind of had to assume that was going to be the biggest game. Hell, this may be the biggest game of the regular season. I mean, there's no sugarcoating it. I know we all love the rivalries in the SEC, but this is the one that's going to get the most hype, probably just because we got so many months to talk about it. But what an epic showdown. Georgia, Clemson, the winner of this is probably going to be number one in the country. If it's, especially if it's, you know, I'm not saying either one of these teams is going to open the season number one, but imagine. Georgia comes out here and whips the shit out of Clemson by two touchdowns, something like that. You got to put them number one, I think. So this uh, this could be a statement game. And FanDuel has also put out a line for this one. Clemson favored by three on the neutral site in Charlotte against Georgia. And I'll tell you, I love that line if I'm a Bulldog. I was uh, thinking about this earlier. I would not want to be the favorite in this game. Because it's going to be, an, like I said, an epic showdown. Maybe the favorite in the SEC, the favorite in the ACC, meeting on the field in the season opener. I think you've got nothing to gain being the favorite in this one. So, hell, let the odds makers say Clemson is favored by a field goal in a neutral field. That's just going to fire up Kirby Smart and the boys that much harder for this showdown. I cannot wait for this game. Also on Saturday, September 4th. Now, we don't have a time yet for this game, 
but this is going to be a good one. LSU at UCLA. It's going to be nationally broadcast by Fox. Of course, uh, Pac-12, you know, coverage by Fox. So that's why that game is over there. It's at UCLA. And like I said, we got no kickoff time yet. So we don't know. Maybe <laughs> would probably be a mistake to go up against Georgia Clemson. Maybe uh, go up against Alabama, Miami. I don't know. But uh, we'll find out soon enough when this game kicks off. FanDuel has also released a line for this one. LSU on the road favored by a point and a half. And you gotta like the Tigers. Bet that one up. Hell, we're not even sponsored by FanDuel, but I get on there and jump on that app. Bet you LSU minus one and a half. They probably gonna beat the hell out of UCLA, even if it's on the road. I would assume there's gonna be more Tiger fans at this game than there are UCLA fans. They won't even know it's college football time by September. They figure it out around November. So LSU on the road, destination location. There's gonna be a hell of a lot of tailgating right there in Pasadena. Like the Tigers in that one. All right, another week one match. I mean, my goodness, this I'm running out of breath here just talking about these games. Ole Miss versus Louisville. Also, they're calling this the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. So same deal as Alabama, but here's the catch here. In Atlanta, instead of Saturday, this is a Monday night game, September 6th. 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central on ESPN. And we got a point spread for this one, too. Courtesy of FanDuel, Ole Miss favored by a touchdown. Matt Corral and company going to light them cards up. Favored by just a touchdown? Give me a break. I like Ole Miss on this one, too. I don't think uh, Louisville is worth a damn there. And we all know Ole Miss can score on things, score on <laughs> teams like Alabama and Florida and all these teams. You Bet your ass they can score on Louisville. So I like that one too. But I really like the uh, LSU minus one and a half there on the road at UCLA. That's probably the best bet of these on the board. And we got two more games here. Now, not this is not opening weekend, but already slated for primetime. Week two of the season. One of the games I'm looking forward to the most. Texas at Arkansas Saturday, September 11th. 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central on ESPN. Just adding more fuel to the fire for this one. This will be the biggest game of the Sam Pittman era. Welcoming the Texas Longhorns to Fayetteville. No point spread released for this game as of yet. I've actually reached out to a couple odds makers trying to get some action on this game, see where it's at. But, uh, hey, I've been touting it up for weeks. Hell, we had old... uh, I'm going to give this guy a shout-out. Old Stu Mandale over there that runs the uh, athletic college football stuff. This was cute. He said, that's not even the marquee game I'm looking for with Texas. Texas is opening the season at home against Louisiana. That's the game old Stu Mandale says he's looking forward to. Well, he's going to find out here September 11th just uh, what Arkansas's got because I think they're going to beat the hell out of Texas. Texas is always overrated. Arkansas, once again, going to be underrated going into a season. So, like I said, this I mean, we're talking potential college game day here. We'll have to see. Texas going to have to beat Louisville or Louisiana, I guess, for them to get game day. But, hey, I'm just throwing it out there. Texas at Arkansas. Arkansas opens the season against Rice. You know they're going to beat the hell out of them. So, potential. I'm just I'm throwing it out there. Week two, really good matchup here. And then how about this one? Week three. 
Auburn at Penn State Saturday, September 18th. It's going to air at 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on ABC. So there's your primetime matchups for the early season. Now, you know, we'll have plenty of more kickoff and broadcast information as it comes about, but those are the ones we have right now. But, uh, you know, speaking of this Auburn at Penn State, here's something I was thinking because obviously you got the Brian Harson era there. It's going to be tough going on the road, playing a team of Penn State's caliber. But who in the hell thinks maybe Penn State, maybe I'm overrating now. Hell, I don't know anything about Penn State. I, we know Auburn's got better athletes than Penn State. Here's Auburn's schedule right here leading up to this game. Both at home, Akron and Alabama State. So Auburn's going to be 2-0 going into Penn State. And here's something I didn't realize until today. I looked up old Penn State's schedule. They opened the season against Wisconsin. On the road, Wisconsin's the favorite, according to FanDuel. So, who knows? I mean, Penn State didn't even go to a bowl game last year. I think they started like 0-5. I don't know what their record was last year, but it couldn't have been good because I, I think they only played about six games in the Big Ten last year. So, hell, maybe they were 1-5. But if you imagine coming off a terrible season like that and then you open the following season with a loss against Wisconsin, who knows, man? This may be a game that gets old uh, James Franklin fired up there. If Brian Harson in his first year, you know, they turn around the offense led by Tank Bixby and Derek Mason's got this defense rolling after two cupcakes, who knows? I mean, I'm not – this is one I'm very interested to see the line here because I, you know Penn State is going to be favored more than likely. And I, I'm only saying that because I jump all over Auburn getting some points on the road We'll have to see how, what Penn State looks like against Wisconsin. But, hell, I don't know. I'm liking Auburn and the points. I don't even know what the points are. Now, those games got me fired up. But speaking of exciting things, more excitement here. Because the Athlon Preview magazines are apparently out. I've not seen them on the shelves just yet, but I've seen a couple people tweeting them out. I pre-ordered mine about two weeks ago. Still haven't gotten it yet, so can't do a full deep dive on predictions and projections for the upcoming season but they have released their official top 25 I'm not going to go down the whole list here but I'll go over the top 10 for you preseason and I think the way that Athlon does these if I'm not mistaken I've reached out to Stephen Lazen also Braden Gall they run the Athlon sports podcast and they work on this magazine too Great college football minds. I'm hoping to have them both on the show at some point here. So they'll give us a full insight into what's going on here. But I'm pretty sure the way that Athlon does it, it's not necessarily a preseason top 25. I think this is uh, the way they do it is here's what we think the top 25 will look like at the end of the season after all the games are played. I believe that's how they do it. So with that being said, here's their top 10 from their magazine. Alabama, number one. I'm kind of surprised by that, to be honest with you. I know everybody's on the Alabama hype train already, uh, but honestly can't blame anyone for doing it. I mean, if you are doubting Nick Saban at this point, you're just foolish, and I'm not doubting him, but I'd probably put him two or three, to be honest with you. Clemson, number two. 
Makes some sense, I guess, there. Oklahoma, number three. That seems to be the it team right now. Hell, this is uh, looking like college football playoff I've seen before. Number four, Ohio State. There you go. Overrated Big Ten squad. Got to put them in the top four. All right, here we go. Here's the real teams. This is the team I'd have number one, Georgia. Athlon's got them number five. So you're not far off the mark there. Number six, Texas A&M. Three of the top six of Athlon's top 25 from the SEC. Got to like that. Yeah, now here's one. Everyone is uh, singing this team's praises. They'd probably go 500 in the SEC. Iowa State, number seven. That's going to be a tough sell in SEC country, but how about this one? Number eight, Cincinnati. Last time they played uh, half-man Georgia team, they got they lost, if I'm not mistaken. So there you go, Cincinnati. Looks like we're not done with that hype train yet. Uh, number nine, Oregon. And number 10, North Carolina. Now, the only uh, two other SEC teams in Athlon's top 25, we got Florida, number 11, LSU, number 17. That's too low for LSU. Just missed the cut. They have got a couple teams here, but uh, Ole Miss and Auburn is in the just missed the cut category for Athlon. So Ole Miss and Auburn, you know, they probably deserve to be in that top 25 too. But so there you have it from Athlon. Once I get the magazine myself, we'll break it down in more in depth. And like I said, I've reached out to Stephen Lassen. He's a senior editor over there. Braden Gall. Not sure what the hell his title is, but he's worked there forever. He does the radio. He does his, he's got his own podcast network. He does the podcast for the Athlon Show. He writes for the magazine. So uh, he's incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to all things college football and the SEC. So very eager to have uh, both of them on the show, hopefully. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I've, like I said, I've reached out to both of them. So waiting to hear back from those two. Hey, but believe it or not, we got other news Around the SEC, I told you guys, it's been a couple, this basically all dropped for the most part here on Monday and Tuesday, so a lot of news to get to. Let's kick it on down to Fayetteville. Woo pig! We're a little, uh, you know, this was done pretty quietly and just now announced, I believe the first one to have it was uh, Tom Murphy at Whole Hog Sports, but Arkansas has given Sam Pittman a one-year contract extension. They haven't given him a raise to my knowledge, just a, a one-year extension. That means that Sam Pittman is now under contract to be the Arkansas head coach through the 2025 season. Not January 1st, 2025, but through the 2025 season. He's locked up five more years there in Fayetteville as the head coach of the Razorbacks. And Hunter Juracek apparently revealed this at uh, some kind of function or something and, and basically just said that you know, last season, with all the difficulties, just wasn't fair to evaluate a head coach on all that. So it's almost like a year zero for Sam Pittman. And I know Tennessee fans listen to this probably rolling their eyes after uh, old Derek Dooley made year zero famous there for, for sucking that year and every other year. But Arkansas turned the corner last year under Sam Pittman. This is just going to continue over that momentum into the 2021 season. And I think this makes sense all across the board. Carter Yurichet has got to be pleased with you know, the early steps of the Sam Pittman era and looking for those to take a big step in year two, which now in his contract is basically like year one. So no raise yet for Sam Pittman, just a contract extension. But I like this move all the way around. 
You can sell it on the recruiting trail, sell it, the stability of the program moving forward. And for people like me, hell, I've been out there saying this, and I'm, I'm not the only one. You know, there's some, I don't want to say concern, but, uh, you know, it's a it's a well-known thing that uh, Sam Pittman, when he was at Georgia, you know, he was kind of eyeing retirement. So naturally that's going to follow him to his next job, but it's a little bit different when you're offensive line coach and then when you're head coach of an entire program, Certainly seems like he's rejuvenated and re-energized. And this uh, one-year extension, I think, will quiet a lot of that talk because <laughs> he can't be on retirement if he's agreeing to a contract extension. So I think uh, this is this is one that's going to fly under the radar, I think, to a lot of people. But it's a pretty big deal, Arkansas getting Sam Pittman to get one more year on his contract. All right, let's skip it down next to uh, Gainesville. Just real quick, just wanted to make this note because the Gators have announced officially that the swamp is open. Dan Mullen has got to be happy. <laughs> but Florida has, uh, you know, they've <laughs> Florida has officially announced it, man. They're opening up 100% classes and everything. But of course, more importantly for this show, the swamp plan is to open it up to 100% capacity, and that's going to be huge for the Gators coming out the gate in 2021, and the biggest reason why, week three. I've mentioned it before. Gator fans already know who's coming to town. Alabama. And that would be the first true road game for Bryce Young as the starting quarterback for Alabama because they're opening the season, like open the show with they're playing in Atlanta against Miami. Then they go home for a cupcake game. Then they're going to be hitting the road for Florida. So, Bryce Young's going to be in his first ever road environment, true road environment with them damn, the swamp fully packed. That is going to be potentially a factor in that game. So that's just something to think about. Florida opening the swamp. Dan Mullins got to be damn happy to hear it. All right, let's skip it on down to Baton Rouge real quick. Where It's my honor to present the national championship trophy to coach Ed Ogeron and the LSU Tigers. Uh, it was about two weeks ago, Florida defensive back, freshman defensive back, Major Burns, Baton Rouge native, left Kirby Smart's program. Well, he is announced on Tuesday he's headed to LSU. He's a former four-star recruit in the 2020 recruiting cycle. He was an Under Armour All-American. And during his only season there with Georgia's true freshman season, played in six games. So uh, this is a big pickup here for LSU, which uh, – you can never have enough depth in the defensive backfield as DBU for a reason, and uh, I don't think LSU will be needing major burns to start right away or anything like that, but really quality depth and someone that potentially could start, I think, by the end of the season if he's got the playbook in. And, and if not, I mean, hell, it's just quality depth, special teams guy, and it won't be long before major burns is on the field in Baton Rouge, uh, you know, provided, of course, the SEC allows the uh, intra-conference waiver, which I safe to assume at this point that is what they're planning to do, but that's not yet official. So until that happens, Major Burns technically not eligible to play for LSU next season, unless, a little caveat here, potentially maybe he's got some kind of waiver. He is going back home. So I say all that, but SEC more than likely is going to uh, you know, waive this uh, intra-conference rule. So I don't think there's any doubt that Major Burns is going to be on the field for LSU in some capacity, but I just wanted to make that note. And speaking of that, 
Georgia lost a defense back. Well, hell, they gained one. Let's jump over down to Athens. Bulldogs, sick them. <laughs> nice little addition here for the Bulldogs because Georgia secondary, we already know the hell, I think they lost the, the top five cornerbacks, if I'm not mistaken, off the roster. Now they've added some really elite prospects from the high school ranks. They've landed uh, West Virginia, Nickel, Tyke Smith, who I put number one on my uh, impact transfer ratings. And now they just landed another transfer. Alabama corner Brandon Turnage announced, I believe this was Friday evening, that he is headed to Athens. He's an Oxford native. He played three games last year for Alabama. Didn't really see the field his freshman season. One game, he saw the game just against Western Carolina. So not someone that cracked, that really broke into the lineup there at Alabama, but he was ranked as the number two player in the in the state of Mississippi in 2019. He was a, a top 100 overall prospect. And uh, this is not someone... To my knowledge, that Alabama wanted to lose. This is a potentially an impact player here for Georgia, if not this year, for the years to come. And and they're desperate for some depth in that defensive backfield, and they're getting it in Brandon Turnage. So, hey, anytime Georgia can steal someone away from Alabama, you know, them Bulldogs got to love that. All right, next, let's skip it on down to the Plains real quick. Ready, Toomer's corner. Auburn's coming to roll you. Final score, Auburn 48, Alabama 45. We're Auburn. Man, the last time we had a show, talking about Auburn landing the uh, UAB defensive lineman. I believe his name's Terry Fair. Nice pickup there for the Tigers. And now, I think it's an even bigger one. Missouri State defensive back, Badarius Knighton. Late last week, I think this was on Friday as well, announced his transfer to Auburn. He's a former... FCS, All-American, two-time, all-conference selection there at Missouri State. He's coming to Auburn with 262 tackles, six interceptions, 23 passes defended. He's got one year of eligibility remaining. And, you know, you always got to be cautious when you land a player from, you know, a lower level coming to, especially not only the, the major college football level, but the SEC, which is, you know, the elite of the elite. So, you know, I, I think it would be very surprising if Knighton is an All-American. You know, I, I don't want to tout him as that. But, hell, if you can play football, you play football. And if you're an FCS All-American, I think you can certainly contribute to an SEC team. You know, it kind of reminds me of uh, that linebacker that LSU got last year, Jabril Cox, multi-time All-American at the FCS level, comes in, uh, started, and made some big plays, just drafted by the NFL, I believe in the fourth round. So, Knighton, this could be his opportunity to prove what he's got to the NFL. He's only, Like I say, he's only got one season of eligibility, so it's boom or bust for him. He's going to find out if he can play at the major college football level, and you got to believe Auburn's thinking he can do that. And it's not just Auburn. He This guy had offers from Tennessee, Mississippi State, uh, all, basically all the Pac-12 schools wanted him. So, I got to think that Knighton, and probably more, but uh, I think at this point of the calendar, what it comes down to sometimes is who's got spots remaining. And Auburn has a spot. They got them an FCS All-American. Well, speaking of Auburn, <laughs> oh, man, this portal stuff gets gets my head spinning here. I don't know who's coming and who's going, but uh, let's jump all down to Rocky Top. Because Tennessee landed former Auburn defensive back Camille Hayden, 
Now Hayden was a recent signee. He got to Auburn, went through spring practice, and then left. Of course, he got recruited by Gus Malzahn, and he signed to play. Kevin Steele was the interim. And then, hell, a couple weeks later, his head coach is uh, Brian Harson. So you kind of can understand that one, why someone would sign and then maybe leave after one camp. Maybe it just wasn't quite what he signed on for, obviously. And, and the coaching staff completely turned over. Maybe they don't. Maybe he just didn't fit what they were trying to do. I don't know. But anyway, you slice it, Tennessee getting themselves an Auburn signee. It's kind of like uh, maybe this is their trade for Dylan Brooks. Tennessee signee <laughs> landed at uh, Auburn after they let him out of his uh, national letter of intent. So it was kind of a switch here. But uh, Tennessee gets some help in the defensive backfield from a guy that uh, could potentially contribute. We all know Tennessee is going to need – all the help they can get on the defensive side of the ball. Getting Kamel Hayden, who just signed with Auburn in December, what have you. You got to feel like this is a nice pickup for Tennessee. All right, last thing I got. Just wanted to hit on this real quick. You know, we love these home and homes on this show. But South Carolina and North Carolina have agreed to yet another series. And thank God, this one, home and home, no more neutral sites here. It's going to start in 2028 in Columbia. Then the Gamecocks will turn around and make the return trip in 2029, Chapel Hill. And I'll tell you what, man, South Carolina, they don't do any favors to the head coaches <laughs> when they come to these schedules. Double up on these ACC opponents for some reason. Got to play the SEC gauntlet. Got to play Clemson. Let's see what other trap game we can throw in here. That seems to be the motto down there in Columbia. But... Uh, <laughs> Hey, if nothing else, it, I think it's been forever since South Carolina has played in Chapel Hill. So, nice little road trip that is uh, close to home. Could be, I would imagine we're going to see a lot of Gamecocks making that trip. And, hell, I bet there'll be a lot of North Carolina fans maybe taking in Williams-Brice, one of the best venues in college football in the country. So, you know, we always just always love these home and, fe- home, and home series way better than meeting up in Charlotte, meeting up in Atlanta, meeting up in... Timbuktu, put these things on campus. That's what the fans want. That's what the players want. That's what the coaches want. That's what everybody wants. So uh, really good to see these things kind of flipping and, and going back to home and homes. All right, guys. So, hey, spieled on long enough here. That's all I got on this one. And like I said, I hopefully Cousin Shane will be on the next one and we'll tackle some of these mailbag questions. Uh, we've got quite a few stacked up here. Shane, that's Shane for you. You know what? He asks everybody to contribute these mailbag questions. And then I say, hey, you want to do the mailbag? He says, can't do it. So, <laughs> But he has committed to be on the show next week, get his thoughts on some of these schedules. I know he's damn glad to, to hear this news as well. So we'll be back on the next one. As soon as I can get Cousin Shane on the line, we'll knock out some of these mailbag questions. Hopefully get to uh, some of these Athlon people to – Talk about their books. That's going to be exciting to to dive into that book. If you haven't already, order yourself the the Athlon magazine through their website or buy it at your grocery store or what have you. So I'm looking forward to that. That's going to do it for this edition. I appreciate everyone hanging out. Catch you on the next one.